0: Thank you, Poncho Man. Welcome back, everybody. Breakfast with Bob, our Not Quite Kona edition. My name is Bob Babbitt. We are brought to you by Master Spas. As fuels go longer, Hoka lets Fly, Form Smart Swim Goggles, Deborah Wetsuits, Quintana Roo, Zoot, the original triathlon brand, Premium Plus Sports, and of course, our Challenged Athletes Foundation. We're now celebrating our 30th anniversary of CAF. We've raised over $159 million and sent out over 44,000 grants to keep challenged athletes in the game of life through sport. Our next guest, silver medalist, 70.3 World Championship. She had just an amazing race. We're talking a 26.05 swim, 211 bike ride, 116.37 run, ran her way up in the second place. Kat Matthews joins us. Kat, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really good. It's just a couple of days after that race now. So um, I'm still basking in the satisfaction of performing to my ability, which is just so rewarding.
0: So a year ago, October, we were sitting in Kona, you with a neck brace on, with bruises everywhere, and when I look at the injuries that you had, we're talking fractured skull, let's see, fractured skull, uh, fractures, vertebrae in your back, scapula, I think later they found something in your pelvis. When this type of thing happens, and I was telling you before we chatted, a lot of times when I'm reading our grant requests to CAF and I'm reading those type of injuries, it's somebody who's paralyzed, somebody whose life has been altered forever. Uh, How scary was that for you? And when did you get the feeling that, you know what, I, I think I can come back to a level I, the level I was at before?
1: Oof. That's a question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if we've got the hour therapy that I need for that answer. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's hard. I don't really reflect much on the day and days around the incident. Um, I don't feel the need, uh, I guess. And I think it's probably still quite traumatic. There's probably some sort of post-traumatic element there that i'm not ready to or, or require dealing with yet right um so i think i i guess when i first became conscious again i was in a neck brace but i assume i don't actually remember that i you know could move my feet and arms and talk so i don't think i went through a period where i you know was worried about that but there was, I remember there being hours, again, very vague, hours where they just wouldn't let me get out of bed or move, right. you know, much at all. My whole spinal cord because they were worried about the compromise, because the the fracture at the base of my skull is just not seen in, in living um people. Um so the trauma to my to my neck is also really close to a really big blood vessel and there was a lot of uncertainty around how stable the fractures were and therefore could it suddenly have a compromise on the spinal cord so I think there was some r- really great care out in the woodlands at, um the memorial Herman that sponsors yes. the Ironman out there um and I yeah feel very lucky that I had that you know emergency care and real attention so uh I think as soon as I could walk again, as in I got up, even though I know now I had a fractured hip socket, it was a bit sore and I asked them, I said, is there anything wrong with my hip? Because it's really quite sore, it's very, very bruised. They said, no, no, we've checked the scans. Um, There's no bony injury, you can walk. Um, So I could stand up and walk to the toilet and things like that, which was the biggest relief. Um, And I think at that moment, and my husband Mark was traveling over still he got the message she can walk it's fine and he was immediately from minute one oh you'll be fine you'll be totally fine you'll be totally fine you know there was there was no doubt in his mind which he just I just absorbed without um thinking about that that therefore I would be totally fine so getting back to Getting back going forward and being a you know a functional human and therefore and professional athlete, I just absorbed his confidence. Whether it was true or not at the time, I don't know. It was fact in our mind that we would be totally fine.
0: <laughs> and so did making the decision to come to Kona, even though your your body was compromised. Uh, was that obviously you know you can't race when you're when you're coming over but just being around your sort of your triathlon family was that cathartic for you being in Kona last year
1: yeah totally I honestly think that that was one of the best things for my mental health yeah um and therefore my physical recovery because I I actually had a really quite significant brain injury um in yep. terms of the 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 trauma and the bleeding in the brain, which I didn't really know at the time um, because I wasn't very, I wasn't symptomatic. Although in hindsight, there were symptoms. Um, and so I think this, you know, the the, uh, the ability to go on that trip, be protected physically, but engage in a way that was really positive enabled me to stay super, you know, as calm as possible and relax as possible, sleep. Treat myself very well and have a basically a holiday in a way. Right. Surround myself by right. the sport that we absolutely love, and so many friends. So it was the best decision.
0: When you got to go to think out on that racing party, which normally you wouldn't be able to do,
1: exactly. and with all the female athletes as well. So it was the like best. it was the dream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Getting to see Daniela cut loose after uh, after that was pretty cool. Well,
1: I'm not sure I saw all of of it but yeah. <laughs> there's some good stories there
0: there's some stories I after think, um, our party was over I, and the party was just starting
1: after yeah <laughs> yes That's
0: um,
1: I'm not sure how in hindsight again I, I don't think I probably shouldn't have been um, enjoying myself so much considering that I was walking on a fractured pelvis um, yes. and a brain injury you know but again didn't so know when, at the time and when, when I
0: yeah when did they figure out the 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 pelvis thing was that like months and months later
1: yeah i spent about while i was in kona i mark would i would say you, you know i i was quite all my hips quite sore i'm really sorry i can't walk to um wherever you know the cafe like he would drop me outside yes. and then go and park somewhere else and so i was able to sort of walk and stand for 5 minutes or so um and then over the next few weeks, it was sort of, okay, I'm going to try and walk for half an hour, you know, very, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it at the time, as in not really bad. It was just, obviously there was a lot of trauma yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and it was maybe four or five weeks down the line. I I was at home and I was talking to a physio and they said, why don't we have it looked at again, soft tissue wise, because it would be good to know now so we can start planning your rehab better um and that actually came back fine because i had an mri and there was no soft tissue damage again i'm not sure i feel like they should have seen something um and then it was actually the military system by the time it was sort of i wasn't really able to access much care through the military until the sort of three-month point
0: um
1: due to some policies um which we don't need to go into, but by, by that point, uh, they then reviewed, I was still having some problems with my ribs, um, and some deep breaths and my sternum was fractured. So like in terms of sneezing, um, just odd things that I would never have thought about was still a problem. And so they reviewed all of the CT scans from America and because of America we're able to sort of electronically transfer them over, which was incredible. Um, and they then reviewed everything and they said, oh, by the way, did you know that you had um, these other fractures? So I had fractured my rib, um, which I'd actually ended up in A&E in the first month for when I got home because they thought I might have um, a pulmonary embolism. So they basically were like, you need to go right now. You could, you know, die at any moment. I was like, oh, right, okay. That, that's, good. um good. So there was lots of these, in hindsight, fun, but at the moment, horrible experiences um the pelvis fracture thing was one of the hardest because the amount of times little things had happened and I thought it was my me psychologically being really weak in terms of like you know muscle spasms or my back go like going and and I spent the afternoon on the sofa crying or just totally used I couldn't lift up my own you know handbag that was and actually it was it was a fracture so that was one of the hardest bits of the the rehab actually not having any real answers just you've got to see how it goes and then finding out all of these other things when i was seeing how it goes actually i was rehabbing myself through these quite traumatic injuries without really knowing
0: so it's one thing to you know to get on the to get back to feeling healthy get on the bike indoors and ride a little bit spinning a little bit but getting back outdoors where the trauma happened with those big stupid car things uh how hard was it to get back on the bike because you are an aggressive rider that's that's part of your hallmark
1: i think i didn't allow it to become a barrier i think if i had thought about it and again mark like if we had let it become something that i needed to overcome or how hard was it going to be to get back on the bike it would have created more of a problem than actually Mm. i was a professional athlete i physically could ride my bike you know i've got the control to do this in my trunk in my trunk my neck i can i can look over my shoulder to turn to indicate right now i need to go for a cycle ride it was just matter of fact i did Get some very good bike lights, um, front and back, <laughs> and I was a bit of a fair-weather cyclist. Plus, I I also no, I think the first time I went on my own, I think it was really important for me actually to go on my own. I obviously enjoy cycling with other people more than Mark, but I needed to just go, and if if I I didn't want to have somebody there to to be able to have a sort of breakdown on, I needed just to. Do it, and if, if I had any problems, I could sort that out myself. So, yeah, it was it was hard, but without being hard, if that can be relatable, I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: I, I, th- I think it totally can. Uh, and then when you have this uh, this long break, and was Oceanside your first race back? Yes. What was the feeling there? That had to be emotional. Just being back with the other women, just being back doing what you love doing, uh, and and actually, there's lots of parts of that Oceanside course that help us remember why we love the sport. Because you're you know you're out in the you're out in the will, really uh, when you're in the backside of Camp Pendleton, it's just beautiful, right? You're just riding, you're just being cat on a bike, right? You're <laughs> you're racing, but it's just you on a bike being free to do what you love to do.
1: Yeah, it felt very safe, very protected that you know it was it was and to be part of the sport again and perform appropriately for you know a professional athlete in my own eyes. Yes. I think that was just massive because there's obviously so much doubt um that comes with this sort of recovery because you know in what world can you you know can you go through that and then just be you know fine again it, especially with the caliber of athletes in the sport it doesn't really make any sense so i think it was just this massive overwhelming confidence boost of one i can physically do a triathlon um you know i can swim b- bike and then run i i had obviously done the distances but not not together in a sort of four-hour race right. um and i think right. at that point it was more about overcoming the the sort of the barrier of the psychological barrier rather than a physical performance but it was even better because i got a really enjoyable experience because my swim was good enough to be actually racing with the with the other top girls
0: and you get a podium first time out that's pretty cool getting a third place there in oceanside and then what is it 20 days later or so you go to Ironman Texas and win yeah yeah (laughs) run a 249 marathon off the bike that's eight thirty two. so now you're you're back right you're you're back (laughs) what you love to do and you're at the at you're at the pointy end you're winning again
1: yeah I think on paper that's what it looked like um to me I knew that my performance at it my actual physical performance at those two races wasn't that great um, for my sort of history of, you know, data. Uh, right. And it it was very cool to be able to, especially the run on the, in Texas to be able to just sort of, yeah, pull that out. You know, that's fine. That was a bit remarkable, but everything else was just like, cool. Okay. But, you know, a sort of reset button
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, of right. I now need to really do some training.
0: <laughs> right, right, but the fact that you can feel that way and still win—you feel like I, I, I'm not where I sh- should be. I didn't have the race that I know I can have, but I still won the race. That's—it's not like yeah. you're back in thirtieth and going, "Oh my yeah. god, I'm not where I need to be." So that there's that's yeah. cool. And then the ver- just the variety between you know winning Ironman, uh, Texas, and seventy point three Oceanside, and then the shorter distance at the U.S. Open. You know, getting seventh at the U.S. Open in a really amazing field. Um, and then coming back and getting second at the you know 70.3 Worlds. I mean, it's been a really, really good season, especially when you add in everything you've gone through.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, my performance at uh, Milwaukee was not great. Uh, and I, I was really quite gutted by it, I think. In hindsight, I could have perhaps been a little bit under the weather. Mm. Um, not as an excuse, just as an understanding of why I didn't, why I then sort of, it feels like I stepped up a lot just in a couple of weeks to the Worlds. Um, not sure exactly, I, but sometimes you have to have those slightly off races, I think, to then really dig deep for the mm. next big race, perhaps. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a really great season already. And we haven't even had the fun bit yet.
0: No, and so last year was going to be your first Kona, right? Was that? Going yeah. To be
1: first? So now we got I'm that coming up,
0: October fourteenth. <laughs> we got to do the first Kona. That's going to be pretty Man. fun.
1: Yes, I'm. Oh, I've got such mixed emotions about it. I, on on paper, and it comes naturally to say, I'm so excited, but. I actually am, I'm still really even though it's coming up quite quickly I'm still really struggling to uh, sort of process it because the last time the last time I looked at the course and really got emotionally involved in it the day later all all over all done bam so I think that there's this this uh, emotional processing that I need to go through over the next few weeks to just settle that right down so I'm really ready to uh, you know approach the course
0: properly have you had uh, obviously you've always had people following you on social and reaching out have you had a since your accident a different group of people people who maybe have gone through trauma of their own who have seen your success and have and have reached out?
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's been a whole range of people, not many that I've really been able able to um, really engage with. I think the the trouble, the trouble, and the chal- one of the challenges of trauma is that it's so unique, and you can only be empathetic and give the advice or or just share your story and hope that elements of that can help other people. Mm-hmm. So I think that trying to empathize, you know, specifically or, you know, oh yeah, I understand, is actually can be sort of um, demeaning to, to another person because no, you absolutely can't understand. You can listen and, 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 you know, care, but you're not necessarily understanding. So I think it's been really nice to share the story mainly the PTO have put a lot into that um, sort of documentary series um, on their site. And I think that's really inspired a lot of people who thought perhaps there was a, you know, a line that they had to draw, whereas actually it's the line after any sort of trauma is only that line that you draw yourself. And it's just about exploring where you can go so I, so so yes and i've actually made a couple of really good friends who've had again just little little bits or or something that's connected us you know an injury here or or being hit by a car for a few people um and that's been really nice because some people i actually have really bonded with a physio out in singapore and i think <laughs> she got hit by a car and that broke her neck and and it's just yeah, it's really, it's really nice for me. It's the same support that I can give other people, they give me. So that's been pretty rewarding
0: both one ways. Of, one of the things we tell our kids is, you know, we tend at our at CAF, we tend to come in at that point of trauma. A lot of times the worst moment in somebody's life, they got hit by a car, whatever happened. And it's always, hey, eventually you're going to be that person that you're reaching out to us. Someone's going to be reaching out to you and you just need to be there and listen. Being there and listening, it, it doesn't matter that you know they got hit by, uh, they had a stroke. It could be something totally different. But the fact that you've gone through trauma and come out the other side is that's that's being a role model for somebody else who needs that support. The, the same way you needed you needed Mark to be. Hey, we're moving forward. You can you can move. You can race. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's, let's go <laughs> yeah everyone needs a mark i think yeah Bob, you i think are that to a lot of people as well so thank you for them oh,
0: yeah we, we just we love it all what what when you look back at, at all this is how are you different as a person since before this accident
1: <sighs> i guess you never know how you would be anyway
0: like, um, like, yeah, good point. A year
1: down the line, I'm still, you know, early 30s, still maturing, but I think, um, I think my perception of life, and in terms of gratitude, it's it's a bit of a cliche word It's definitely been a fad, you know, overused. But there's just, I'm I'm probably a bit more emotional in te- mm-hmm. with, you know, linked with that, the little things aren't just oh that's cool yeah I'm grateful for that it's really deep emotion that, that that I'm I feel uh and I think I'm allowing myself to feel that and show that rather than think that that's you know unnecessary um so I think that's probably the biggest one I think the other thing in is perhaps a negative that I'm still i mentioned i think that there's some elements that i'm still struggling with on days okay. as in cycling is always challenging for everybody um i'm i'm a better cyclist because of this i'm way more aware mm. but on a bad day when something else is stressing me out i'm overcome with i have to i've just a couple of weeks ago i had a bit of a I was out doing reps and, you know, someone drives past a bit too quickly. I can't handle it. I get really upset because suddenly what's the point? Because in a, in a one moment, somebody could just wipe it all away again. And so I think that then I in turn process and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to go and cycle. So it's okay. You know, it's just that constant resetting um, of emotion uh, I might look back on this and think that that, that um, this is a therapy session
0: <laughs> that's but, okay. um, it is a therapy yeah. session <laughs> I think okay. that
1: that's probably the biggest um, that sort of gratitude to be in the sport yes.
0: um,
1: and awareness of like you said um, before how lucky even though luck is the wrong word fortunate just there's so many things that I'm thankful for um, and the biggest one is that the support I have for my family and friends.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and you realize, even though we're a little sport, it's a little sport with a big heart. And you, you realize how how great this sport is when you go through something like that, uh, because there's a lot of people out there who who care and have your back and want to make sure that, you know, you're going to be okay. And I'm sure a lot of that came through when you came to Kona last year, that everybody was just so jazzed to see you uh, and, and to be able to just, you know, they couldn't really give you a hug, but they, they wanted to. <laughs> so. I think we still have lots of hugs, even a <laughs> <laughs> So right now, Taylor Nibb, uh is just on fire. You, you got to see her uh, a little bit of a distance but a little up close and personal how phenomenal was her performance at 70.3 worlds
1: yeah I saw Taylor once in the race oh twice in the race <laughs> at the start line and at the finish line <laughs> exactly. um, I don't think I even saw her on the run you know it was it was it, it was really remarkable and and we sometimes think, oh, you know, well, Taylor's on form, so she should be winning. It's like, no, her performance, every time she performs at the moment, it's excellent. Yes. And that's really hard. And I think what I've learned recently is that just because someone expects you to win or, or expects you to come in the top five, it doesn't devalue that performance if you just just do that. So I think for her to come back and win that title again is incredible and I was looking at the lists from last year and I think it's basically an identical top 15 to last year so the field was I think it was stronger than yeah I think it's the strongest we've seen this year despite the PTO um side of life and uh and it, yeah I was impressed not too intimidated I'm still I'm, I still feel like there's it's in reach yes. um just need to be better (laughs) so it's it's inspiring um and I think her attitude to the sport is the best thing about it um she's so brave so like young but so mature with her career already and so brave in the way she races I think it's yeah so kind so real so honest it's great
0: yeah, that, that I always like that when people aren't afraid of the moment and they just attack and they just go for it. We've we've all seen a lot of athletes who will be, you know, back in 20th place and run their way up to 12th. And you're like, oh, next race, they're going to be the next race. They come off the bike in 18th and run their way up to ninth. But that, that, there's never that. You've got to be able to put your nose in it and go for it. Right. And just take the chance you might blow up. That's OK. And when- yeah. So when you guys came off the bike, I think um, Imogen was what? She was like a couple minutes back and you guys were three minutes back of her. and then it, you and Emma uh, broke from the group and then you caught uh, you caught Imogen. So you made up three minutes in that uh, that half marathon to end up getting second place. That's pretty impressive. And I know we talked about it before, people underestimate you as a runner, but and you don't, which is great. But still, when you have the type of injuries you had, the run is the thing that I always worry about because yeah. pelvis, hips, back, spine, just all of that rotation. And do you feel your back to running the way you want to run? Or is there still more there?
1: I'm running training better and than I ever have. It's wow. It's That's amazing. Lovely. So that performance at um at Lati, it was as I expected in a way, which is mad. Um, the course is really hilly. I, yes. I'm so, I'm so pleased that I, it was so significantly better than other people that it had an impact on the race sort of p- um, position. Um, but no, like I think I committed a lot of time to rehab, and I don't. I think I'll always think, oh well, you know, it's not that important. Um, but. It must be, um, and I and I've really grounded myself at home in the over the summer to just keep committing to the rehab, even though it's not necessarily now rehab. It's more sort of maintenance or prehab. Yes.
0: Um,
1: things things that are now new problems like my mobility in my back or or stiffness in my in my hip or something that's not is new. I'm now just keeping on top of, and I yes. think that all of that combined with a really well guided from my coach uh, Bjorn Giesman, the sort of return to running and right. just, just ever so slightly, you know, overload, overload, overload in terms of volume or, or intensity. I think that's been, yeah, it fundamental to now I've had my two best ever uh, run volume months back to back over the summer and, um, I'm coming off Lati now. I have what seven weeks, so I've got no niggles from the race as well. There's It's just really exciting, and I love running so much that it's really cool now to be in a. Like I know it's it's always temporary. There'll always be a little niggle or something, but I feel very, very happy with how the year's gone. Considering that, like you say, it should be the one that was all is the problem.
0: Yes. But you learn, I think what you learn is, is all those little things, all those little drills, all those things that maybe uh, you use. Oh, I'll skip those today. But all those that you sort of learn through rehab that now have become part of your program, those are the things that we, I, I remember this. We have a great American runner named Meb Kafleski. And before any interview we did or anything he did, he does an hour of drills before he takes his first step running an hour. It's a solid hour, every, but that routine got him to Boston Marathon win, New York City Marathon win, you know, winning the marathon when nobody thought he was going to win. It's just all those little, all those little things that you're doing now that maybe you didn't do before have, you know, really enhanced your running and will make, will take your running to a level you've never seen before.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't do any run drills, so maybe I should, (laughs) but I think (laughs) there's so much of it that's psychological as well. Like if you're mentally prepared to work really hard, and you're not worried about anything in your body, you know, you go for a process to feel like, oh, yeah, that is feeling fine, rather than just stepping out the door thinking, oh, my back's a bit sore today, or, oh my calves a bit tight, I'll see how it goes. It's like, no, I'm going to do a little mobility session, you know, do a bit of massage, see how this sort of tick the box before the session. Mm -hmm. So then when you're executing the session, there's nothing on your mind to hold you back or to worry. So then you can do a really good session without holding back because maybe, you know, this might be a problem. Um, So I think it's, it's, I don't even know if it's 50, 50, it might even be more psychological than physical, you know, physical, but I think either way, you've got to find your balance. And I haven't let myself, uh, lazy
0: good when do you guys head over to Kona uh
1: just two weeks before okay I don't really want to train on the, American roads,
0: the roads um and-
1: we did six weeks earlier in the year and I and I decided that I want to do my build in
0: Europe let's go no, that's, that's you know what that way you can do more climbing you can be you and I think there's a point of diminishing return when it comes to that heat, heat and humidity too People used to go to Kona so early and a lot of those guys would fry on race day and going in and out of the air conditioning and all that, you end up getting sick. I think you're right. Two weeks is plenty. There's no reason to be there any earlier than that. Okay. I look forward to seeing you and Mark over on the big Island. That's going to be really so much fun. You've got what second place. I remember world championship in St. George, second place, 70.3 worlds. Top of the podium would be pretty sweet. <sighs>
1: Yeah I'm not going to lie I am now confident enough despite everything to go into Kona to try and win the race and I think what happens on the day is always just you know Perhaps who it. knows yeah yeah wow it's 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 kona as well as just being a world champion. you know there's so many so many factors that mean you just don't know but I I think the mindset of working towards how I strategically can win that race will be really exciting for the next month. I love it. So, yeah, excited to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for taking so much time. Uh, always such a treat. And there's nothing better than seeing you healthy and smiling. That's that's all that, that's, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Cap Matthews has been our guest. Everybody, again, Breakfast with Bob, our Not Quite Kona edition. We will be starting interviews from Nice next Monday. Uh, Check us out. And until next time, see you later.